Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. We are joined today by Ben Lynham, Head of Strategic Communications at the Travel Foundation and member of the Communications Working Group at the Future of Tourism Coalition. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to open up with um, kind of a general question, a bit of an introduction, um, because I don't think most of our listeners are are yet um, aware. Um, So you've been with the Travel Foundation for almost 10 years. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what your organization does um, and and kind of what kind of projects you're involved with and, and how do you track the impact of those? Yeah, sure. Um, Okay, so the Travel Foundation was actually set up um, nearly 20 years ago now, um, and it was initially a a partnership between the UK government and uh, a series of travel agents and tour operators um, based in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were set up to um, help uh, tourism become more sustainable. and that's focusing uh, predominantly on international tourism, but not necessarily exclusively, but um, thinking about um, uh, tourism in destinations and how to make uh, that uh, more beneficial for the destinations that receive visitors. Um, And uh, so since then, um, we've worked in many destinations around the world. Uh, I think it's over 30 now. Um, and at any one time, we tend to have, I don't know, maybe sort of five, six, seven projects on the go. Uh, and we also do research. Uh, we also um, campaign for better tourism uh, and uh, do advocacy work, particularly with um, the uh, industry itself. So businesses, uh, maybe hotels, um, tour operators, um, people within destinations who maybe have attractions and uh, transport um, services, that sort of thing. Um, as well as governments um, who we work with. And probably the main thing we try to do is to bring those groups together um, to try to um, understand the impacts of uh, tourism on a destination and then to think through how they might be able to do things differently um, with their operations uh, to improve those impacts. Brilliant. So 20 years, that's quite a long time um, to be talking about sustainability. And obviously, I think people are becoming much more aware now um, in terms of sustainability and kind of how important um, it is. Um, so you, uh, the Travel Foundation is one of the founding members of the Future of Tourism Coalition. Could you tell us a bit how the Future of Tourism Coalition came about? Why has it been founded? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's the, so the Future Tourism Coalition um, uh, is has been set up by um, six different um, international um, NGOs or charities. So um, six organisations that are sort of similar to us, if you like, from mm-hmm. um, all all around the globe. 
Um, and we came together because we felt obviously we it made a lot more sense for us to collaborate um, on these issues and potentially even um, compete against each other mm-hmm. um, to try to um, sort of uh, engage with people that, you know, sort of competing for um, sort of their attention, uh, maybe even uh, um, competing for budgets at, at certain times. Um, so we wanted to kind of um, be much more uh, strategically aligned. We wanted to have a louder voice uh, together. And that actually started, um, perhaps surprisingly, before all of the uh, crazy COVID stuff started to um, uh, hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we actually started that process um, right at um, really at the very start of um, uh, 2020. Um, but then very soon we saw that the impact of the pandemic was was coming and it was going to be really quite huge mm-hmm. um and uh we also saw that this um was a opportunity as well as um you know clearly a huge um sort of devastation for the industry but also an opportunity people were beginning to talk about this build back better idea yep. and uh we felt that it was important to give that more shape um because better doesn't really mean anything or it can mean everything to everyone very generic exactly uh, and so we 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 thought we knew that people were sort of using the word better to kind of imagine the sorts of tourism that we would like to see in the world mm-hmm. uh, the types of models of tourism the more balanced kind of forms of tourism that we that we would like to promote um but we basically put um a bit more uh flesh around that uh, build back better phrase we came out with 13 guiding principles um, which are sort of the um, the core of what the um, Future of Tourism Coalition is all about. Mm-hmm. And we in- invited um, everyone to uh, sign up to those guiding principles just so that we could all say, look, this is what actually a collective group of um, organisations is building towards. Um, and therefore, we could kind of encourage uh, more collaboration, more sort of um, uh, gathering of resources, uh, and more discussion around how can we actually change the way that um, tourism is developed and, and managed so that um, we get some of these uh, amazing opportunities that we that we think are there for tourism. And we, we see tourism as potential, having such huge potential to be a force for good. Um, it's a very unusual industry in the sense that um, it uh, it cuts across so many other um, economic activities it's sort of not you know obviously it sort of impacts on things like um, agriculture because you have mm-hmm. food transport industry retail uh, events mm-hmm. all sorts of other um, uh, industries that are sort of um, influenced by um, tourism uh, and it, it, it's you know obviously got that kind of um, potential for kind of cross-cultural um, uh, exchange and uh, to, you know many, many people believe that it can uh, support kind of greater peace in the world etc yep. etc et so for all for for the many reasons and you know we have 13 of them if you like within the within these guiding principles we believe yep. that tourism can be transformative and for the better um and you know and that's what we want to see um as people now are um recovering from the pandemic as they uh, as they are returning to something that's sort of beginning to approach normality we want to see well what's actually you know what's changing here how can we actually see 
a, a new form of tourism coming through uh, that addresses all of the problems that tourism's had in the past and can really genuinely contribute to a more positive outlook for the destinations that tourism relies on. Brilliant. So it obviously it's a it's a very needed um, initiative, especially considering you know the breadth of of the tourism industry and kind of the the various facets that it has, um, but also the fact that that tourism globally it is governed um, obviously on a national level by by countries and and individual policies of individual countries um, that that position themselves as um, as destinations. Um, so I think having that kind of uh, a network um, and a global kind of presence and, and initiative and and the brand, I guess, um, is is a really um, good thing to have, um, so that people have something to focus on that they can then rally around, um, and there can be a bit of consistency in terms of the efforts um, happening globally. I think we. I mean, we've. We think it's a pretty unique um, community that we've built. It's, there's um, over 600 organisations now, mm-hmm. um, but they are very varied. Um, it, you know, I mean, we have we have destinations, we have tour operators, we have travel agents, we have media partners, we have um, academics, we have all mm-hmm. sorts uh, like yourselves, indeed. Um, and um, I think I think that's brilliant and you know some of those organizations are really big well-known brands but uh, many of them um, are sort of small maybe quite niche but very passionate um, uh, organizations too and I think that that sort of blend of all of those um, you know basically reasonably representative of of, um, tourism itself which is all of those all of those things Um, and I think that that's really allowing us to have some very interesting discussions and to share some really interesting perspectives um, on the issues that we're all kind of um, passionate about. Um, and that is, yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, really exciting. It's, it's actually um, a, a huge resource for us as the Travel mm-hmm. Foundation too, because we can go to that group, um, you know, and test ideas, ask questions, find out what the sort of, you know, what the issues and challenges are for certain groups and that sort of thing. So, um, so I think it, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's really interesting how, um, uh, how much attitudes I think have changed, um, you know, maybe even over the last sort of two or three years. I mean, as you say, like, you know, 20 years or so we've been around and that's a long time in sustainability. And certainly at the beginning, it was very much seen as a sort of, uh, um, uh, sort of, uh, broader but sort of um, niche activity I suppose um, that really um, you know wasn't to be you know maybe a sort of an add-on to any strategy as a kind of must-have sort of extra thing that they need to It's a nice it was a nice to have I think for a long long time rather than something that is kind of core I think so yeah Yeah, and even and even that I mean you know for 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 quite a while I think we've seen strategies that, uh, that have all got that heading <laughs> like mm-hmm. this, is, this, this is the sustainability bit but even then of course that just keeps it away from the core impacts and the core needs um for a destination or for a business um and you know sidelines effectively you know effectively what mm-hmm. we're talking about um whereas i think we you know we are finally seeing now that you know this is something that is um you know being taken notice of in boardrooms and mm-hmm. is kind of core to what people believe in i think i think part of that is um younger people coming up through the ranks of organizations mm-hmm. now too who have a sort of a, a different understanding um you know of 
uh, issues around sustainability mm -hmm. and are very passionate about it, as well as customers who are coming through who are obviously driving demand to some extent. Yeah. Um, here too so yeah we're having a di very different conversations now to um you know 20 years ago for sure um and uh, it's you know it's it's quite exciting to um in many ways to be here at, you know at this sort of um uh, almost tipping point if you like um yeah. on uh, sustainability and tourism or th that said it's you know we're seeing the shift in mindset has it happened enough i'm sure not and yep. are we acting on it enough? Definitely not. So it's, uh, we're not kind of under any illusion here, but yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a very sort of exciting time nonetheless. Yeah, it's progress, I guess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, we need to progress so much more quickly, but, uh, yeah. but yes, progress. Unfortunately, we don't have time. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think that this is where, you know, uh, initiatives like this in terms of raising profile and awareness of the, the coalition and, and the partners and the work that you do is, is going to be really, really um, important to bring it a bit closer to the people on the ground. Um, so that they are are uh, aware that there are things that they can do um, in order to to support the general direction of travel um, that we now have globally, considering um, you know the, the recent conversations around the COP twenty six. But before we get to before we get to COP twenty six, I have a couple of um, couple more things I just want to explore with you. So I was wondering, obviously, when you when you first started with um, or talking about setting up the Future of Tourism Coalition, um, what were your initial expectations about how it's going to be taken up? And you mentioned you're now at sixty over 600 um, signatories. Um, has that surprised you? Is it, have you expected it to be? Is it kind of over or, or below where you expect it to be um, in this period? Um, and what's the take up been um, geographically, um, globally? Is it predominantly in, in um, more developed countries um, or has the spread been, um, been um, a bit uniform? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think we were, we started um, with uh, something like 20 signatories um, when we launched mm -hmm. um, and very quickly we um, sort of rapidly went into, you know, the hundreds um, and it, you know, it, that it's now continuing, continuing to slowly grow, you know, month by month. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we're very happy with that um, level of engagement um from organizations i mean as you say now the question is how well is that representing us um and there are definitely areas where we are weaker um and that's what areas for focus now um so we have a good um representation um across um europe really um I can think I can say that fairly generally um, and North America and to some extent South America too I'd say we have a definite gap in Africa mm -hmm. um, it's, so it's no, I'm not saying we haven't got anyone from Africa from Africa um, signed up but um, yeah. it's it's obviously um, less well represented um, as well as Asia really again we've got a few significant um, organizations um, including the Pacific Asia Mm -hmm. um tourism association which kind of in itself covers uh, many 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 organizations within um asia pacific but um uh i think we are very mindful that um those are areas where you know for something that claims to be global mm -hmm. we need we need to do better um mm -hmm. to have kind of that kind of global representation there mm -hmm. um but certainly one of the things that we 
are most passionate about, I think, is to try to um, give a voice to um, communities or to the kinds of organisations that might not normally get heard, because there are lots of, you know, um, advocacy groups and yeah. uh, membership organisations and bodies and all sorts um, within the world of tourism. Um, but I think the kind of people who uh, we're able to bring to the Future Tours and Coalition aren't necessarily the sorts of people who would routinely be asked to, you know, for their opinion on uh, certain policies or uh, on, you know, what's needed for, you know, new resources and capacity building or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that's, um, you know, an area that we are kind of very keen to um, focus on. But certainly, from a representation perspective, we also know that that means that's you know, means that we have to continue to build our community in a certain way to try to um, enhance some of uh, that representation. Right. Um, So one of the concepts that's propagated by the coalition is that of destination stewardship. Um, Could you explain a little bit more? You don't need to go into huge detail because obviously we've got um, some material from our recent webinar that we did that we're going to link in um, um, with... uh, with the um, radio show um, on the webpage, so listeners will be able to to listen to that in greater detail. But could you explain a bit more about what destination stewardship is? What are the key principles and how it fits into the broad sustainable tourism agenda that you've just talked about? Yeah, okay. I mean, destination stewardship is absolutely at the heart of the Future of Tourism Coalition. Um, And it's thinking about uh, the needs of the destination um, and the needs of its people and its environment um, and thinking about that over the long term. So uh, it's a bit, I, I suppose the the term stewardship implies that you don't own the item or the thing, uh, in this case, the destination. Mm-hmm. Um, you are merely looking after it and, and you will pass it on to future generations. So in that sense, it's that kind of long-term um, view on uh, sustainability, uh, you know, almost the core um, principle of sustainability is, mm-hmm. you know, is this something that could be passed from generation to generation in, in a good um, state? Um, for us, it's possibly just a little bit more specific than that um, in that it, we feel that it's absolutely essential that we encourage Uh, both the public and the private sector to collaborate with each other. So having governments, uh, so local governments, maybe quite often if it's at a destination level and Mm -hmm. other other agencies, maybe like national parks um, or uh, maybe sort of utilities companies or sort of other sort of public um, uh, assets um, talking and uh, sort of managing um, tourism alongside the companies that either bring tourists to that destination or um, look after the tourists once they're there. Um, So that's sort of the real essential component of destination stewardship in our our eyes. It's um, that it's the public and private sector um, with the community kind of um, collaborating together and mm-hmm. then, and then I would add the extra component being really understanding all of the different impacts of um, tourism. We published a um, we published a report um, in 2019, which was called um, "Destinations at Risk: The Invisible Burden of Tourism." Mm-hmm. And by the invisible burden, we basically meant all those things that aren't routinely measured and mm-hmm. account accounted for when you bring a visitor to a place. Um, so very often 
um, you know, you'll be able to say, uh, we have, um, I know, uh, 10,000 visitors to our place. And that brings, uh, you know, X number of jobs. Um, they spend this amount when they're here. And that is good for our economy, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we are filling 95% um, of our hotel spaces, et cetera, et cetera. But what they're not doing, so they're looking for basically focusing on the volume mm-hmm. of uh, the number of people who are coming and then the spend. And even the spend they're looking at just in very, very broad terms. How much did they spend? Not, not necessarily what did they spend it on and how did mm-hmm. they spend it and that kind of thing. Um, and so we're not really understanding the true impacts um, and the true costs as well as the benefits of, of tourism. And that's what the, the invisible burden of, of um, tourism was all about. So just trying to, um, you know, again, co- collaborate with a broader set of um, people to understand some new different perspectives. So if you can find out from the um, residents of your place why they might want to welcome visitors, and that's people who aren't necessarily working directly w- in tourism. Mm. Yeah, but, but still, there are many, many reasons why if you ask, uh, you know, a member of Joe Public, why they might like to be living in a town or a city or wherever um, and have visitors to that place. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be that it makes them feel proud about their place Mm -hmm. or that um, it may be that um, visitors are um, uh, creating uh, more public transport options. So, you know, there's a bus route now that wouldn't otherwise be there and that kind of thing. Mm Or it might be that they go out and enjoy bars and restaurants that wouldn't otherwise be there um, if if there weren't the visitors to um, have a kind of a, a further sort of um, uh, customer base for for those um, services. And that makes your place a much more interesting, thriving uh, town, city, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many other reasons, you know, tax, uh, you know, all these sorts of things that might be uh, reasons why you would like to um, have visitors come to stay that yeah. isn't just because it's going to help me have a job and, uh, you know, that kind of thing, or they're going to buy just some, about some the of the money, money, the direct injection of, of income. Exactly. Yeah. And, community. yeah. and I think for us, it's the, the balance. I think I mentioned that word a few times already, but that yeah. balance is really essential because if you're just focusing on those earlier things I mentioned like numbers and spend Mm -hmm. that's all completely growth oriented um you will just want more numbers more people please visiting and we want them to spend more so you know that's either but you know because we've got more people in or because we're going to sort of try and attract more high value visitors Mm -hmm. if you then try to say well hang on a minute we need some other measures here too and some of those measures might actually um put a counterbalance on those growth oriented ones Mm -hmm. so if we sort of say well actually we need to make sure that um we uh are mindful of the environmental impact of these visitors and therefore we don't want to increase our carbon footprint by more than x or Mm -hmm. or we or we want to make sure that we um have enough water um if depending on the destination that we're talking about right now um you know that might be a, a real issue here um or we want to just make sure that those costs don't get, become so unacceptable that visitors, uh, sorry, that residents start to feel like it's not their town anymore or not, yeah. not their place. Um, and it's starting to feel like it's, you know, for, for others and not for you. Mm. Um, so there are all these sort of other um, ways to balance um, how you're thinking about um, tourism to make mm-hmm. sure that all that good stuff is coming um, and, it, you know, in a balanced way. And yeah. the key to that is to ask 
uh, residents in particular, but to ask just generally the question, why do we want tourism? Yeah. Which, which we find is a kind of question that no one ever asks. <laughs> um, or if they do, they yeah. do it in a very, very sort of, um, I mean, it seems like a really, it does seem like a very simple question. Yeah. But to us, but to us, it's sort of quite a um, transformational question. It, it really, quite a radical question because yeah. it's really asking you to go like, well, you know, what is, you know, if it is job, say, that you want, yeah. um, are you maximising that with your visit? You know, do you know that, you know, you're, you're going, you're really going for the jobs side of things when you're bringing those visitors in? Are they creating jobs and yeah. what kind of jobs and are they the right type and all that sort of thing? So it's, yeah. so, so it's just being really focused on why you might want to welcome visitors to your uh, to your place and then making sure that you know you really are getting that without any of these negative issues that are going to be particularly of concern to your place. Right so you've mentioned kind of the balance between the economic and then environmental and obviously social and, and community um, kind of aspects um, of, of the impacts of, of tourism. Um, what are some of your reflections um, about the conclusion to, conclusions of the recent COP26 conference um, in Glasgow? I know you mentioned earlier uh, in our conversation, you know, we're not doing enough. Um, um, what, what are your reflections on, on where we are at at the moment and what that means um, for, for our future? Well, I think that, um, I mean, I expect, um, you know, listeners have sort of seen various different summaries of of how COP26 went um, yeah. and in some respects it's quite difficult to know was it you know I think it was uh, you know there, there were definitely successful elements within it um, but then the, I think the general feeling is that what you know it wasn't enough and mm -hmm. we, we, we need to do more and we need to you know do that more quickly whether or not COP26 was ever going to um, be more successful than it than it was I think you know is one of the questions um you know <laughs> that will of, never be answered <laughs> exactly it's, it's, it's just in terms of what it is is you know yeah. it's a whole bunch of people coming together and, and yeah. trying to negotiate and make you know make compromises make you know painfully over many yeah. many many months actually and years not just during those two weeks yeah um I mean from our perspective um we uh, actually launched a uh an initiative at COP26, um, which was in partnership with the UN, um, mm -hmm. as well as Visit Scotland um, and an organisation called um, Tourism Declares a Climate Emergency. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is basically for the first time actually within tourism, um, which I think tells its story. Mm -hmm. But for the first time in tourism, it's a kind of a global initiative to um, uh, get commitment from uh the tourism sector to um deal with climate action in a framework that is sort of um compatible with what the science is telling us mm -hmm. so basically basically saying that we need to halve our emissions uh, by the end of this decade and we need to get to net zero by 2050 which is basically what, what the whole of cop was kind of um moving towards yeah um and uh, it's so in a sense, it's sort of a, a similar story to some extent to the Future of Tourism Coalition in that we um, wanted people to sign up. There was probably more specific commitments around this yeah. because um, as well as saying that, yes, I, you know, I aim to do those two things, halve emissions and then get to net zero as soon as possible. Um, they also are saying that we're also going to say, right, you have to put out an action plan publicly that shows that intention. Mm -hmm. and then every year you have to show your progress against that 
Um, so we believe that that's obviously going to focus the mind. It will also, you know, by putting stuff out in the public domain, it sort of means that um, there's a sort of public um, scrutiny there. Mm-hmm. Um, accountability. And, and accountability, yeah. yeah. Uh, and obviously at the same time, we're, we're, you know, again, we're building a community and it's going to have um, very strong links with the future of Tourism Coalition. We're going to hopefully um, try to connect those two very closely. Um, mm-hmm. So that we can start to say, right, we need, you know, to align ourselves on how we measure and how we report around this. And we need to find ways to collaborate with each other, because sometimes these problems are much bigger than just one organization can yeah. handle. Um, so if you think about, I don't know, something like um, uh, the infrastructure for electric buses, yep. uh, uh, you know, which, uh, you know, one organization in tourism might be thinking, well, that's, that would be great. You know, I'd definitely increase my fleet if I, if I knew that that infrastructure was there. Yep. Well, you, you know, you're not going to be able to do that just by yourself. You need to engage with governments. You need to engage with other, you know, your competitors, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that's the intention is that we, I didn't, you know, we start to unlock some of those um, sort of essential um solutions and innovations um over the next few years as well as set as, as well as making sure that those sort of um you know the simpler things happen at a quicker pace making sure mm-hmm. that we also um ident- identify those other sort of um uh, blockers and try to um make sure that uh, we're continuing on that path as, as quickly as possible because as we we're saying before uh, this is a time thing now um you know we don't we don't have time to to wait for um you know i don't know like uh the um sort of new innovations around um sort of aviation fuel and that sort yeah. of thing when you know we yeah. can't really you know wait just sit on our sit on our hands and wait for, yeah. for some kind of scientific solution to come our way uh yeah. you know we need to do what we what we can do and many many organizations have already proven that, that that's possible so you know that's you know again you know whilst most of the tourism industry I think has been fairly slow to respond there have been a few that have, have been out there uh, and have and have sort of been shown some leadership here and it's by you know sharing that um their their lessons and their experiences that we hope to be able to accelerate um change elsewhere yeah I think um yeah I think making some progress there and actually showing people that it is possible um and and showing some examples of things that that different organizations are doing um will likely inspire others um to to get on the bandwagon so to speak um and and do their bit um I wanted to ask you um, also um, your thoughts around post-pandemic tourism recovery. So obviously the Travel Foundation delivers projects in various locations um, globally. What have you observed about the post-pandemic tourism recovery? How is it progressing? Are we indeed in the post-pandemic period tourism-wise or are we yet to enter this period? I think we might be now. Um, That's probably a hostage of fortune, isn't it? But yeah um is there was talk of it for for, there's been talk of it for many many months Mm -hmm. um but it there's i think i think you know certainly at least from a uk outbound perspective i think there's a lot more optimism now yeah um you know globally we're you know we're not out of the woods are we um and i think the projections are really um you know, at best, probably 2024 mm-hmm. for for some kind of level of tourism like we saw pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's, um, you know, that's looking at numbers and volume. And, our, you know, we would encourage people to think more about, um, you know, some other 
uh, metrics as to aspects as to you know <laughs> of of the of of uh, recovery basically yeah. um and that is you know that is now if you think about the fact that tourism grew to 2019 levels over you know four or five decades yeah um of pretty much um constant you know, near enough um with a couple of hiccups here and there um exponential growth yeah um you know of you know, roughly 4% or so every year. year on yeah. year. And, you know, I remember when I joined, you know, three or four years in from joining the Travel Foundation, we hit the 1 billion mark for mm-hmm. international tourism uh, arrivals. And then only was it about another three or four years ago, that was one and a half billion near enough. And, mm-hmm. and so you can sort of see how, how things are moving, uh, moving on. And that really wasn't sustainable. Um, certainly not in the way that it was occurring. And so I feel like now, you know, to build back better, you know, with the hashtag and the inverted commas and all the rest of it, there is an opportunity to say, well, actually, are we just going to encourage and see a complete uh, reversion back to exactly the same model, exactly the same players, exactly the same businesses as we saw before? Or actually, is there an opportunity now to say, well, you know, some of those businesses maybe, you know, were less helpful for us. And some of those, some businesses that we had not, maybe not so much of, we would like to encourage more of mm. now, you know, and now is the time to, to, to have that kind of thinking and to um, incentivize the right kind of tourism uh, to, uh, to come back. And, you know, even within things like um, recovery packages, um, that are being sort of um, introduced, uh, particularly in, uh, around Europe, say, where there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's EU money coming through. Um, you know, if there's a green focus on uh, that uh, recovery, then so that you, it, it encourages investment in things like, um, well, green infrastructure and, you know, mm-hmm. new, t- new energy um, and others, you know, entrepreneurship at a local level, that kind of thing then we might see quite a different type of tourism coming back to Emerging. the tourism that we yeah. um, left behind. And, I, and that's really the opportunity in a nutshell and, yeah. and, and what we're hoping for. Um, but that does require clearly something to change. Otherwise we yeah. will just go back back to business as usual, which is, you know, how it was before. Um, and, you know, a focus on a imbalanced set of uh, yeah. success measures so it's it's too early to tell basically which way it's gonna go is is what I'm getting from from you I think so yeah I mean I don't think we will ever you know I think it's fairly clear we're not going back to how it was before it's just not possible you, yeah. you know if you wanted to you can't you know <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but whether or not what we do is a transition to a new model or it's just um you know it, it, there's just some differences because there's some disruption and you know there's mm. you know we, ne- we now know that zoom, we can do so much on zoom for instance and yeah. that kind of thing you know so there will definitely be changes um but um uh, i think the the sort of the fundamental reset requires a few other things to happen and in particular for us that's probably um accepting that um climate action means you have to transition Mm -hmm. regardless and then we would encourage those people who are thinking in that that way to think about the broader um benefits that a transition in tourism can take you towards a future tourism coalition Mm -hmm. vision um but also making sure that um uh, you're thinking about the needs of the resident and the needs of the destination i think Mm -hmm. if they are built in um to decision-making then you'll see a different um 
uh, model coming about and and much better decision making happening that's more longer term more sustainable okay so thinking about the UK specifically, so obviously the, the government has published the UK Tourism Recovery Plan in June of this year. Um, and uh, the, some of the figures that were released by Wizard Britain recently have indicated that the recovery in 2021 um, has been really slow um, tourism-wise um, in comparison with some of the other global destinations, particularly European countries such as France. Um, why do you think this is? And do you think this is an omen for UK tourism or is, is recovery to pre-pandemic levels still on the cards? I know government was talking about bringing get back to pre-pandemic levels um, by end of 2022, kind of early 2023. Um, do you think that's feasible or, or where are we at in the UK at the moment? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think most people are saying that, um, you know, and this is, includes the UK, um, that really any kind of um, uh, return to the levels of pre-pandemic is more likely not to be um, next year or even the year after necessarily. Mm more likely 2024. Um, but I think that um, most forecasts are now uh, assuming a move upwards uh, across the years. So, mm -hmm. you know, so growth from here onwards, basically. Right. Um, I mean, from a UK perspective, I think um, the one thing to um, kind of add to the discussion is um, the domestic tourism um, angle here um, so mm -hmm. you know whereas um, we may um, have had far fewer international visitors there's obviously been um, a lot more staycation um, style yeah. um, uh, tourism going on um, and you know then I mean to then understand the, the benefits versus um, drawbacks of of that, um, you would have to yeah. do quite a bit of research. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, uh, I think, um, generally speaking, we tend to um, uh, bring in more um, money into the country than we do export money through our tourism, yeah. if you like. Um, so I think that's the, the, the sort of the general um, framework. But um, again, um, you know, what do you get from domestic tourism? Uh, one of the things you get is a much more resilient form of tourism mm -hmm. because it doesn't rely on movement across borders. Mm -hmm. um, so we would always encourage um, any place to try to um, have a really good, healthy mix of um, different types of tourism mm -hmm. um, because different types of tourism bring different benefits and different costs as we were sort of talking about yeah. before and so you need to try and find the right blend these kind of optimal blend for your destination that's going that's going to bring you what what you uh want and it's very unlikely that that's going to be of uh tourism or, or visitor um so i think that there's certainly um much that we can learn from the past um sort of you know year and a half two years uh, -huh. uh in terms of what does the domestic visitor bring and then in terms of, um, you know, who to target in terms of um, international visitors, um, you know, perhaps um, it, well, it's certainly, um, you know, no one that I've spoken to is, is thinking about um, uh, anything other than really sort of uh, proximity um, mm -hmm. tourism um, initially. So, you know, Europe predominantly, there, there is yeah. some focus on the US as well, um, but that's perhaps a sort of exception to the rule. Yeah. Um, 
and um so focusing on, on you know on those areas which are likely to be a bit more kind of comfortable about that idea of, of yeah. traveling um and not going too far f- from from home. from home um and i think that that you know again that makes sense from you know perspectives such as um carbon footprint too i mean if you can get the benefits um with a tourist that is brought to you from near rather than from afar you are basically able to transition much better to a lower um, carbon economy mm-hmm. without really having any effect um you know on on the benefits so yeah. um you know we would definitely encourage people to start thinking in those terms because i think you know if we fast forward to you know 2030 when we're when we are meant to be halving our emissions mm-hmm. uh, and then you know and beyond we you know you're the, the way that tourism operates and you know the offer that a place may have for visitors and the types of visitors they receive are going to change they have to change um and so you know thinking about that now uh, can only put you in a, a better position a more competitive position a resilient position um in the global market so um so we would yeah definitely encourage people to to think about um, those different types of tourism that they want and to start um, transitioning towards those both from a you know climate change perspective but also uh, from a well invisible burden and destination stewardship yeah. perspective too. Excellent. So for our listeners who are keen to know more or get involved either as individuals or representing their businesses, what what can they do? How, how can they support the cause? So anyone involved in tourism, and we we mean kind of any tour, you know, so that could be, um, as I said before, like sort of academics or um, uh, membership organizations or um, media or any, you know, any, so anyone involved in tourism, as well as the more obvious uh, list of organizations yeah. um, should uh, sign up to the Glasgow Declaration. They okay. absolutely should. Um, and then we would be very delighted if they also felt that they could sign up to the Future of um, Tourism Coalition too. There you will meet uh, that, that community of like-minded organisations that can support you and get you thinking and identify, you know, help you to identify your actions and next steps and that sort of thing. So that's absolutely uh, next steps for uh, businesses. Mm-hmm. As, an indiv- as an individual, um, I would say... Um, it's 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 in a say in a way in some respects it's quite hard as an I always think so I get asked this question a lot in terms of what can a track what can a tra- traveler do I imagine you do <laughs> what can a traveler do and yeah. I mean I'm not going to say you know switch off your lights and that kind of stuff that's obvious right so yeah. you know do be a be your normal responsible self in another yeah. country just as you are at home we hope um but I think the main thing that you can do when you're traveling is to, first of all, um, try to seek out companies that are being more responsible. Um, and, and I'm afraid there's no particularly easy way of doing that other than I would say getting onto their websites and seeing if they even mention anything to do with sustainability. Do they yeah. even have a, you know, a page on it or do, yeah. they, do they appear to belong to anything or have a certification for anything? Yeah. So at least have a look to see if they're even talking in the, in the, in the way that you think uh, makes you feel comfortable. Uh, but then understand the pressures of the destination that you're that you're going to so um you know so um i mean thinking about i know recycling uh you know so you know we all try and uh limit the amount of single use that we have um plastic um we all try to make sure that we um uh recycle at that plastic where we can put it in the right places when we Mm -hmm. when we uh bid it when we're going 
um, on holiday, chances are you're going to use way more single-use plastic um, because you might be buying bottled water. Um, you might be uh, using, you know, you're on the go all the time, um, and therefore, you know, using single-use kind of cutlery and, and 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 packaging and all the rest of it. Um, and it might be at the same time you're going somewhere that doesn't have any recycling facilities. Um, it's quite likely actually that you might be doing that. Um, it might be that you're visiting an an, an island. Yeah. um and it may be therefore that that all of that um waste goes straight to landfill um or it then gets shipped off to somewhere else um yeah if that's not the case so just thinking about those issues and thinking well okay so i, I would normally be pretty good on this but now i need to be even you know even more mindful so what i'm going to do is i'm going to um, you know, have a reusable bottle and I'm going to take that with me and it's going to have a filter on it so that I can just use tap water whenever I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to make sure, you know, some places, you know, some places you go, they put a, um, everything in a plastic bag. Um, yeah. And, you know, so, you know, say no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just trying, you know, just be extra specially mindful of the fact, well, look, I'm yeah. going to try and get through this holiday with the least amount of plastic generated as I can, because I know that, you know, here especially, it's a problem. Yeah. And, you know, we're visiting these beautiful places um, they're vulnerable because of that. They're fragile yeah. places. They, you know, they have special ecosystems. Um, you know, like I, you know, an island is a perfect example. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's limited in in what it can manage, and it's likely to have some habitats that are particularly special. Yeah. And you know, some beautiful marine, uh, you know, environments, Environment, of course. Yeah. Um, so just being really focused on that. I mean, I've used plastic as an example there, but you could equally say, you know, um, you could say water is a particular issue, mm-hmm. of course, but, you know, we tend to go to hot countries where mm-hmm. uh, there's not too much rainfall. And therefore, you know, if you're using lots and lots of water, it might be that you're, um, you know, you're, you're depleting the uh, freshwater reserves or you're yeah. using desalinated water, which, uh, again, comes with, with an environmental cost because it's processed um, and the energy required for that might be uh, fossil fuel powered, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. um, I mean, I'd, you know, go and have a great time, yeah. <laughs> but um, but me, be mindful of the of the sort of sensitivities of your destination. And that's yeah. a positive thing because you're really understanding the beauty, if you like, and the, you know, the fragility of the place that you're staying in why it's a treasure that needs mm-hmm. to be protected um and actually you know by by doing that i actually believe you will have a better time because you probably will um be more focused on maybe local um locally sourced um food and locally sourced um yeah. uh, services and um more uh, you immersed know, in the in the general kind of culture yeah. of the exactly place. and you'll be staying yeah. somewhere that cares about their community you know and can maybe give you some stories about that and yeah. you'll, you, you know i feel like you're going to get more out of it but just just by um you know being more mindful of the place that you're going to brilliant ben Lynham, it's been a pleasure having you on the show thank you so much for your time and, and sharing your views um and thank good luck with your ambitious projects thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed that interview there are plenty more here on the podcast platform and of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.